I want to greet you all in the wonderful name of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Sanbonan Bazalwan. Hallelujah. Um, I'd like to thank Umfundisi for, for taking a risk. <laughs> for inviting me. Thank you so much. And Nomam Fundisi. Um feel like in Sekaya. Hallelujah. Not because it's Chinese Shoganjalu, no. Hallelujah. Uh, we do come a long way, you no know, mama. We were at university together. And um, I want to thank the leadership of the church also uh, for allowing me to come and share with you what God has impressed in my spirit. Um, when I got the invitation, I'm like, hey, because sometimes when you start off as a musician, there's a trend that has happened over the years where musicians become pastors. And a lot of people were questioning that which I love us those chances. Uh, they're taking chances. Amen. Um, and when God called me, I, I resisted and refused and ran away and gave him a long list of reasons. Because um, honestly, I did not like, I did not want to be a pastor at all. Hallelujah. And I still, I still, I'm surprised by people who are excited to be pastors and it was never an exciting thing for me. I, um, God dragged me. Um, actually, the reason why I went to university was to go and study first before I go into ministry because I understand that I Just didn't make sense. People who were born again during the time were unsuccessful, miserable people, bitter people. They were not attractive to me. I did not want to do it because what I saw in them was not enticing at all. Hallelujah. That is why one of the biggest things that are leading me is the day that I'm waiting for where people who serve this mighty God who owns silver and gold transition from Lokshupega and actually own silver and gold. Because we speak of a God that has everything, but we have nothing. I need to apologize in advance, Mfundisi because of one of the things or some of the things I will say. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I really respect this place. Amen. I want to say the right things. But it bothers me that Neathupera and Sindesi And there's a Gunkunukulun Zokala every Sunday in Pindelekupegan way. 
which means Uksindiiswa, is an opium that we come and take every Sunday so that we can survive for another six days and come back and cry and survive another six days and come back. And it bothers me. Because if we believe in a God who has everything, who went into our mother's wombs and knit us fearfully and wonderfully, why soul us all, man? Hallelujah. So, San Bonani and Bingelele, Jehoshaphat. My wife could not be here, uh, hallelujah. She went, she took the grandchildren to, to, for a holiday. Uh, I married Basalwane to um, Sibongile. Her name is Sibongile. Our church is called Cross Power Ministries. It started some 10 years ago. And um, me and my wife are celebrating 30 years um, in marriage. Tomorrow, it's 30 years tomorrow. Marazolani, since I said that, I'm not going to be able to do it. Finish. Hallelujah. So when I say 30 years, you should wait and listen. Hallelujah. And if I'm shut walk out and my ups and downs, I'm somehow shut Hallelujah. So we are talking with my wife and my kids about that, that tomorrow we are doing 30 years. And they're talking about, oh, one of my kids say, you know, you should know, you must, must do the, the, the vows renewal uh, thingy. And I've seen people doing that, uh, the renewing of the vows. And my question is, says Kukisoyin. Hallelujah. Although I understand why they do that. Yeah. Says the, 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 the problem, the brain works differently. You know, they don't, they don't fasten the seatbelt until you teach. Jeremiah 15. <laughs> then they start fastening the seatbelts. I've started, I'm, I'm in the middle. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're talking about renewal of the vows and we talk about why the vows are renewed and stuff. Me now, I'd prefer to take a holiday with my wife instead of renewing the vow because you spend a lot of money on that thing, you know, and doing something you have done before, you understand? So the holiday thing for me is a new thing. I see new places, new experiences. I think that one renews the vows better for me. Amen. So as funny as alone. Because love has a tendency, 
yokuka. Amen. Love has a tendency of getting old because we are created and wired to getting used to things. We get used to things. Remember your first car. When you buy your first car, it, it feels like you can park the car in the house. Not outside. And when you are in the house, especially when you don't have a garage and stuff, your, your ear is on the outside in the car. When you hear a little noise, you want to be peeping through the window to, because it's, it's your first car. But two years down the line, three years down the line, you don't care. Five years down the line, you don't lock the car. You forgot to lock the car. Ten years down the line, you can't wait for another car. The love you had, the first love, has grown old and tired. Amen. You remember, you remember, you do remember when you first met her and then fell in love. You, Bazalwan. Young people, I know you don't know anything about this. When you first meet, <laughs> when you meet a person, you fall in love, Bazalwan. Everything else stops. It's about this person. You're walking down the road. You don't see other women. You're thinking of her. You want to spend, you want to buy something on the, you want to buy a, a food or a drink or something. You think of her, you buy for her. You check on her in the morning. You check during the day because it's her. It's the new love. It's the first love that you have. Hallelujah. Amen. 10 years, 20 years down the line. The day ends without you thinking about her. The whole day. All you think about is Julius Malema, Lord Shedding, all kinds of stuff. You don't think about her. She is there. Now, when you are married, this is what happens. The wife pays attention more to the children and to the house you buy for her. The furniture in the house, the cooking, the entertainment of her friends and stuff. When are you just by the way? <laughs> but when you first met, the wife would make sure that she brings the food to you on a tray. And she makes sure, you, do you want water or tea or she knows your favorite drink. But today she asked the children to bring the food to you. She wouldn't be bothered. She used to wait when you come back home, she's waiting for you. Now, you get into the bedroom, she's like, Because that's how we are wired. Hallelujah. Let's go to the word of God. Revelations 2, verse 1 to 5. I want to talk very quickly on restoring our first love. 
Now, when we talk of restoring our first love, it means there is second love and third love and fourth love and whatever love. In other churches, there is a person who is assigned to reading the text of the day. In the church where I come from, where I grew up, there used to be some lady who sits somewhere. So I can see that you, you don't have the lady. She might have... She, put in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can she read for us from verse 1 to verse 5? Revelations 2. Chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Ngolalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalal
This man goes and he prays and he's, he's fasting for seven days and he's, he's takes the Bible, says, Lord, I'm standing in your word. You said in your word, if I say to this mountain, move, it shall move. And then he's praying for seven days. On the seventh day, he stands there on top of the Bible and he says, mountain, move. And then he waits. Mountain, I said, move. Nothing happens. He says this seven times and nothing happens. Then he opens his eyes, he says, looks at the mountain, he says, Oh, being asked, <laughs> I knew it. Because you don't know this, but we say things, but we don't believe the things we say. So when you say, when you're praying for the rain, you pick up the umbrella. And God's side when there is sunshine. Hallelujah. Because you know there's going to be rain. Because you believe. Because you've said it. Hallelujah. So a lot of us say these words, but we don't really believe them. Because we have not seen these words working for us. So believing is not saying you believe. Believing is doing. Hallelujah. Shelly Caesar says, stepping out on nothing and landing on something. Hallelujah. So all the things we confess, what stops us from being those things is our belief. Because if we believe those things, we walk those things and they become, they become while we walk we speak those things, be, oh Jesus, we speak them and those things are waiting for us to start walking in them when they are not there, until they are there. They are waiting for you to start walking. Hallelujah. When you walk in what you have spoken, Hallelujah. When it is not there, you are activating it from its absence, bringing it into its presence. When it was not there, God says, he speaks to darkness. He says, light be. Hallelujah. He doesn't go and create light. Light was seated in darkness. Hallelujah. Now, when you speak in darkness, call out light. You can't be walking like this after that. Because when you walk like this, it means you don't believe what you said. Hallelujah. So when you believe what you have said, you step out into the darkness with confidence and know that what you have spoken shall come to pass. Shall materialize. Hallelujah. Oh God. 
Let's go back to this text. In the message, verse 2 says, I see what you have done. Your hard, hard work, your refusal to quit. I know you can't stomach evil that you weed out apostolic pretenders. I know your persistence, your courage in my cause, that you never wear out. Now, this is a message to the church in Ephesus. Now, when you read this, this church is kind of perfect. When you read these attributes of the church, I mean, why would he have issues? Why would God have issues with a church like this? Your hard, hard work. You work hard as a church. You refuse to quit. Even when you get into accidents, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself up, and you come to church because you refuse to quit. That's the nature of this church. And you say, Uti, Uti, I know you can't stomach evil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Churches have stomached evil. Hallelujah. To an extent that evil has blended into church. Hallelujah. Because we stomach evil, because we are afraid that people will not fill up the venue if we talk about the evil. Sin is not preached anymore. No, you don't preach sin. People will not come. You need to motivate people, you know. People are going through stuff, you know. You need to motivate them so that, you know, we, you don't preach the gospel as it is. Just, just keep them in high spirits so that people can come back and come back and come back and come back. But this particular church, you cannot stomach evil. Hallelujah. Uti, you weed out apostolic pretenders. Anybody that come and presents themselves as called, you weed them out. You have a spirit of discernment. You are able to see them in the midst of everybody. Weed them out. That's how you are. That's the type of church you are. Uti, I know you persist. Persistence is your thing and your courage in my cause. Uti, you never wear out. You don't, you don't katala. Hallelujah. You are a type that does not katala. It doesn't matter. It's rain or shine. It's cold. It's hot. You don't wear out. You are always in my cause. I know that about you. But when you get to verse 4, it says, but you walked away from your first love. The other version says, but one thing I have against you. All the other things are fine. There is just one thing I have against you. You have walked away from your first love. Remember your first love when you loved Jesus and you accepted Christ as your savior. Nothing else mattered. It was all about God. Nothing else mattered. I remember when I got saved the first time. My goodness. When I was in a taxi or in a bus, I sit near a woman. 
beautiful woman. I look at beautiful lady. And I'm like, hello, sissy. We are must go to church. Hallelujah. Before you'll be saying, hello, sissy. Can I have your numbers? Hallelujah. But when you accept him, the first love says, hello, sissy. We must go to Jesus. That's the first love. It's all about Jesus. Why is the angels, why is the angel talking like this to people who are courageous, persistent, and who don't wear out, who are passionate about the things of God? Why would, why would the angel talk, why would God have an issue with that? Because it is possible to live passionately about the things of God and not about God. And as a church, it is possible for us to be passionate about our things and the things that God gives us. Our programs, our conferences, our things, even things that come from Him. It is possible to be so passionate, persistent about those things and not about God. I look at my wife my wife, my, my wife, sure. My wife will be busy cleaning, dusting, cooking, all kinds of stuff. We meet in the passage. <laughs> She'll be telling me, don't sit there, I'm, I'm busy. She's outside, she's doing the washing, she, she's busy. She, 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 she's the type that wants to keep her house spotless. She doesn't have time to come to me and say, are you okay? Hallelujah. She can spend the whole day attending to her kids, to the cleaning, to all kinds of stuff. She takes her car, the car that I bought, (laughs) to the car wash, and attend to all the things that I have brought to her space. Attend to them 100% and not to me. And later, during supper, she'll be like, Zugiswa, is the land of So the, the, the kids will prepare food for me. After that, she'll be sitting there or sleeping on the couch. She's done for the day. And I say to her, look, even if you don't do anything, don't clean the house, you can get somebody that can clean the house. Don't cook if you don't want to. I want you to attend to me. Before all these things, there was you and I. I pray that we don't lose you and I. Because if we lose you and I, everything else does not matter. Everything else. I tell you this. A lot of marriages have fallen because of that. The blessings that you get in your marriage become a curse. Because you forget the first love. The first love is the person that you, you abandoned everybody. And the Bible says in Genesis, you, you live and you cleave. Now in many marriages, there's no cleaving. You can't cleave to, 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 to anything because she's not here anymore. Because of the blessings and the trappings. Salam Shad. 
I'm doing a seminar for married people. I'm asking uh, the couples. So I ask the ladies. I have a session with ladies only, and I have a session with men only. Then I put them together. So I'm asking the ladies. I'm like, uh, they're older, 40, 50 or so. I'm like, when was the last time that your husband kissed you? Or when was the last time they had to kiss your husband? The response, you know the response was, way. <laughs> And this other lady is like, for what? Kiss him for what? I know you are not laughing because of what I'm saying. You're laughing because you know this about yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. My biggest fear as a pastor is to do things so well that everybody around me look at what I have done and say, amazing work. And when I stand before God and God says, I did not send you for that. When I accepted the calling, God said to me, I did not call you for music. I was as shocked as you are. <laughs> Everybody knows me as a musician. I make a living through music. I even resign my job as a lecturer to go into music. I'm, I'm successful. I'm, I'm okay. And God looks me in the face and says, I did not call you for music. I have never been so scared of God. Then I said, God, please tell me what you called me for, please. What did you call me? He said, I called you to go and preach the gospel. And I said, please tell me where. I was at Grace Bible Church. Hallelujah. And God says, away from here. He says, go away from this church. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand God. You see, I, I am a, a cell group leader now. And at that time, they had told me that they want me to officially make me a cell group leader and, and whatever, there were programs of pastorship, whatever things that they were talking, all kinds of stuff. I said, God, you don't understand. These are things in the pipeline. I can do this here. Why do I have to come out of this? And he says to me, go from here. And I say, where, 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 where? He says, go from here. That's it. Now, when I, I started, I'm like, I told Bishop uh, Musasson, I'm like, I'm from this in your hand. And he says, where are you going? I said, I don't know. He said, I should go. Hallelujah. Then I go. 
This is what happened. I get into the car in the morning on Monday. I say, Father, I said yes. Please tell me where to go. Now I'm at the robots. Tell me to turn left or turn right or go straight. Leafuli robot. robot. I say, I will go anywhere. I will go preach under the tree. I will go. Please tell me where. And then my office was in Santin. When you come from Santin, going to my house, you go past um, uh, Park Mall. There's a place where you go in Santin Drive. Um, there's a robot. And then on the side, there are trees, tall trees. And I say, Father, I've been asking you, it's now about seven days, I've been asking and praying, where do you want me to do this thing? What do you want me to do? Now, it felt like I, hands were holding my and turning me to the right. And I see trees, ugly trees. So I make a U-turn, I go to the trees. When I get to the trees, behind the trees, there's a hole. So I ask this white man, what is this hole for? He says, no, it's just a hole, sports hall we meet. And so can I start a church here? He says, when do you want to start? I'm like, um, um, I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> so I go away, I go away. I say, Lord, I'm going away. If, if I come back here after seven days and this is still available, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a move. So I go away. Seven days, I tell my wife on the sixth day, I'm like, you know, I went to Santin. I saw this hall. I tell her the whole story. I want us to go to the, the hall. And she says, okay, we drive. When we get there, this white man, Azangante Tisegaj, where have you been? You left. In the first place, you left. You did not leave me your numbers. You just left. I'm trying to look for you everywhere. I can't find you. You said you want to start church here. What? And then you disappear. What's wrong with you? I'm like, okay. He says, come. He, get, he grabs my hand. He goes to the office. Then he gives me a contract to sign, to start using the church, the, the hall. Then he makes me. So he say, I say, how much is it going to be in Santin? He says, how many hours do you want? I say, two hours on Sunday. He says, 70 rand. I need to share with you this. The first service we had, I'm not sure if Brother Stephen was there. Did you come? Okay. Sister Basi and Stephen were there. So the first service I had, we started, and I said this. I said, Bazalwane, if you're coming from your church, whatever church, particularly if you're coming from Grace Bible Church, I don't want to see you here. <laughs> this is your last day here. God cannot call me from Grace to start another Grace. So this is your last day here. <laughs> About six, seven months, this guy says, Ah, you don't have to pay, man. So we're in Santin for five years, paying nothing in Santin. How does that work? It's important for you, Bazalone, to keep the first love alive. Because the first love brings you closer to the heartbeat of God. 
You don't have to speak too much. You feel his heart beating. You are able to get the transference of what he wants to say to you. That is why I was saying to God, I need to turn left or right. And eventually about seven days while praying, it's like, hence I promise you, practically like, were holding my head and turning me to the right. Even when I turned my head to the right, there was nothing that was speaking to what I was asking for. Jesus, help me. I had to drive to the place that has something that does not look like the answer of my prayer. I went there in faith. God was activating a white man on the other side. But I had to go to the trees. A lot of people look at their trees. They don't want to go there because the trees don't look like their word of faith. Because we pray and we speak a word of faith. But we want an answer that looks like the word of faith. The word has power in it. The power of the word activates metamorphosis that turns that word into something different that you will see. But you need to go to that thing that you see because the word is in it. When you reach it, it becomes what you prayed for. The problem is we want it to look like the word you have spoken. Therefore, we remain in a place because we don't see what we prayed for. Our obsession is what we prayed for. So we don't obey God. Listen to me. We worship the word we have spoken. Jesus, help me. When you have spoken about provision, You remain where you ordered the provision. And then you worship the word you have spoken. And then when God says move, you don't move because you are stuck here. You are worshiping the word. Even in Kentucky, Kentucky, you order in this window and you go to another window to pick up. We want to order in this window and pick up in the same window. That's our problem. It's not only that you will remain in that window forever crying for the order you have placed. The money that you pay does not look like your street was five. Hallelujah. We are on the first window waiting to see street was five. Here, you leave your seed of the word of faith. You leave it there and you walk. We are towards the direction because the directions are written. You walk from the window in order you get your order. Between the window where you pay, there is a wall. Stuff is happening behind the wall. Stuff was happening behind the trees. But you need to go 
because your answer will not be delivered where you placed the order. But how do you know that? You need to walk so close to God like a mad person. The first love type of walk with God. Walk with God away from your pastor. Walk with God away from your church. Walk with God away from noise. Walk with God because God wants to walk with you as an individual. He says to Abraham something that he has never said to anybody. He says, I want you to take your son and sacrifice. There are things that God says to you when you are bound in the space of the first love. Okay. You know, when people are married for a longer time, sometimes you're driving with your wife and you don't talk. I'm able to do that. That's a game I play sometimes. When I'm on the freeway, so I look at the cars around me, I'm like, ah, these are married long time. <laughs> new love, new love, ne? The lady is like... <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and the, 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 pro, the, the potential love, they are talking and with a smile, that's potential love. But those that are walking in the first love that has not been shaken, you are able to drive and not say anything. I know that when I drive with my wife, she has a tendency of putting her arm, her hand here on my leg. And I know what she's saying without speaking. And what do I do? I stretch my arm, put my hand on top of her hand. That's the, 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 the intimacy of the first love. Now, the problem with us, we move from that intimacy with God, we become intimate with the church. Our obsession becomes the church. And a lot of people don't have a relationship away from church. They don't have a relationship with God. They don't know God away from church. And if everything you know about God comes from your pastor, you are in danger. That is why people become Shikamaya son. That is why people end up eating grass and drinking petrol. Hallelujah. First love shifted from God. And then it was attached to the pastor. And my church, in the things we do at church, you can't wait to get on, church, on the church rhythm and do the things you do. But you don't have a relationship with God. If you can come here now and ask you one by one, what did God say today to you? What did God say yesterday? When was the last time that God spoke to you? Because when you come to church, when the pastor starts to preach, it should connect to what God was saying to you away from church. Now, if everything you hear at church is new, there is something with your walk with God. 
The first love has been broken. A lot of people know about God. They know a lot about God. But they don't know Him. Like you know, you can say stories. Stories you read, stories you hear from people, but you don't know me. The person that knows me is who? My wife. That's the person that knows me. Hallelujah. She's the person that will be able to say, when you say this and that and the other has happened, so and so is that, they will tell you, nah, not him. Hallelujah. Because we are ours. Do you know God? When was the last time you heard from God? This thing was a problem. Because there's this thing called, we call worship. Ne? Ne? That thing is not worship. When we lift our hands up and cry before God and stuff, we are not worshiping. We are lifting our hands and crying before God. Music has very little to do with worship. Otherwise, it means we only worship on Sunday. So if you can't sing, it means you can't worship. The Bible talks of the man who came from the east. And they say, Hallelujah. We have come to worship him. Hallelujah. But rewind. The Bible says they heard that Jesus is born. And they, what, what did they do? They went and took the best of what they had. Gold, silver, mirror, everything they took. And they started on a journey to worship him. Now we have people who come and say they're worshiping God with nothing. A worship that costs you nothing is not worship. Worship is expensive. Worship is expensive. So when you say, I am going to worship, with what? This cheap worship that is limited to singing, slow songs, cost us nothing. That is why it's not changing us. We remain as we are. And most of the time when we cry, we're not crying because of the presence of God. We're crying because we got problems. Worship is expensive because of what he has done. Because of who he is. Not long ago, they were talking. Some preacher in the U.S. was like, no, we don't have to pay the tithes. And they were like, yeah. It's Old Testament. Okay, thou shalt not kill. Now we can kill. It's Old Testament. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what my response was? 
Even if tithes are not supposed to be paid, I'm going to pay them because of who he is, because of what he has done. So if you're still thinking, is it net or gross? You are so far from understanding who he is. So you're far from worshiping him. Because worshiping God is understanding who he is. When you understand who he is, you do like the man who started from the east and said, I want, I've, I've, they go to their treasure. They go, I've got gold, I'm going to give him gold. I've got silver, I'm going to give him silver. I've got this, I've got that. Who think worship is singing? They bring nothing. Nothing, nothing. Except coming here and praying and crying and lifting your hands. And you think you've worshipped God. Worship changes you. Worship is shifting into his presence. When you get to the place where you can't even speak, you can't even sing, the song stops the closer you get to him. The song stops. The reason why we make so much noise and sing so loudly, we are away from him. The story says, these men, they did all that they gave. They gave all kinds of stuff. And then and the angel said, don't go back the same way. If you have worshipped him, you don't go back the same way. You change the direction. Worship, true worship makes you change the direction. You change the way you walk. Today, people who lead us, not in this church, who lead us in worship, they can be all kinds of stuff on Saturday and come back and lead us into worship. And we uh, go into the worship. The lives have not been transformed. Lives have not been changed because it's only limited to singing slow songs and crying in church. But if you pursue the first love, you are able to change. When I got married, I did not like the idea of going home after work. I finished work, I was a teacher, I finished at three, so I have to go home. I did not like that idea. And my wife said, I don't like that friend of yours, he's not married. You must get rid of him. I'm like, you can't tell me, you can't control me. Hallelujah. But I had first love. Because I had first love, I got rid of the friend. One of the top, he's my bosom friend, I got rid of him because I had first love. First love changes you. It changes how you do things. First love changes how you see things. You cannot remain the same. When I finish work, I'll be telling the guys I'm going home. They're like, why do you go home at three? I'm like, it's fine. I'm going to go home at three and sit down with my wife until the next day because I had first love. So, the angel says, you have all these things. A church, you do all kinds of stuff. You give and you jump around and you do all kinds of things. But I have one thing against you. You have lost your first love. My prayer is that we do not do all these things that we are doing without the first love. 
because it is the first love that will tell us in details what we're supposed to do and when. Let me tell you a story as I close. I make an example of this. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer tells a story. While he was at seminary, he writes an assignment, submits the assignment, and he says to himself, this is the best assignment. I worked hard on this, this is the best assignment. And then he says, he goes to pick up his script when he finishes the following week, and he gets the script, and he gets, he checks the marks. The marks are written zero over 100. And he says, this is not my script. And the professor says, it's your script. You got zero over 100. And he says, how come? This is my best work. And the professor says, you would have gotten 100 if I asked the question you were answering. I know you, you didn't get it. He says, you answered correctly, but that is not what I asked. This work is perfect, 100%, but I did not ask this. So you get a zero. That's how God works. He doesn't care you are in the worship team. He doesn't care you are a deacon. He doesn't care you are a pastor. He doesn't care. He cares about what he sent you to do. And that only. When you send your child to the shop to buy bread, it doesn't matter if they come back and say, there was a sale of eggs. Look at how many eggs I brought. Your question will be, where is the bread? A lot of us will stand before God with churches that have ten thousands and thousands and branches all over the place with names in billboards and stuff. And God will say to us, I did not send you for that. Reminds me of a story of Moses who led for 40 years the children of Israel. And there's this incident where people were drinking water all over the place, talking about him. We tell Moses, 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 look, cinemas, imagine stuff and stuff. But on the other side, God was sitting with Moses and saying, I did not instruct you to do it like this. And Moses, after 40 years, he did not get into the promised land because he did what he was called, but he did not do it the way God wants it. And I pray that when we stand before God, we have done what he has called us to do, but we have done it the way he wants us to do it. The temptation of motivating people instead of preaching the gospel. I pray that God helps us. When we have the first love, we have our ear closer to him. We will preach the truth and the gospel, whether there's two people or 20 people or 20,000 people. Because we are called to preach the gospel and not to make people feel good. The gospel is offensive by its nature. I have one thing against you. It, you have abandoned the first love. Because where you came, there were things, like going to the airport. There are shops, there are coffee shops, there's friends, there's new things happening. But you forgot that you came to take a flight. And the flight has left you. It doesn't matter that you're at the airport. And I pray. In marriages, I want to speak over marriages. And I pray in Jesus' name. That you remember the first love in your marriage. That will make you look your husband in the eye and remember why you are here. 
And I pray as you come to this church, you don't come to this church because it's near. You can walk to this church. You come to this church because your ear is closer to God because you're walking in the first love. That is why we solve problems all the time in churches. Because churches are full of people who came because they heard the music. Full of people who came because it's closer. Full of people who came because they want to be hip. Full of... Then they give us problems because they did not hear from Him because they don't walk in first love. Let us pray. When you speak, Father, there is a reason. You are not a God who speaks for fun. I pray in the name of Jesus that your word works in shifting, aligning, adjusting, positioning your children in Jesus' name because one day they will stand before you and when, Father, they have to give an account of why you have sent them to this church, to this town, to this world, to this husband, to this wife, they are able to give an account of why they were sent to this place. And I pray, Father, that you speak more clearer and louder to your children because only you are able to do that. Lock your word into their bones that they will not find peace. Let it burn in their bones so they are aligned to your will about their lives. In the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. And everybody said,